this episode contains mature themes and graphic material that might be disturbing for listeners under 13. Listener discretion is advised. With that, um, I guess I'll like jump right into it. So hello, hello, hello again. Like, we're going to be like real now, right? I don't know. Yeah. So um, this is episode 19 and we're obviously in Virgo season. And I have a question for you. Okay. Pull my notes up here. Um, so what does Buffalo Bill, Norman Bates, and Leatherface all have in common? No idea. Mommy issues? Ooh. No. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, like so the topic for us. <laughs> we got some mommy issues. Um, they also have something else in common. And I'm gonna read you a little um not a nursery rhyme, but like what are those like? Like the ring around the rosy song, like what are those called? Oh, like kids thing. <laughs> not like a hymn or anything like that, but it's like a, I don't know. But no, it's like, one of those. So, yes. I guess it's got, a crime, kind of. Kind of. I mean, they're all pretty dark when you really think about it. So, yeah, really, every single one of them, basically. <laughs> so we've got mommy issues, and we've got. There once was a man named Ed. Who wouldn't take a woman to bed when he wanted to diddle he cut out the middle and hung the rest in the shed any ideas who we're covering this week <laughs> i don't know just reminded me like a texas chainsaw massacre that's it all <laughs> other faces from that yeah. um are you familiar with ed Gein? kind of i'm somewhat familiar just in the various little podcasts that i've listened to or scary weird shows that my husband judges me for watching but <laughs> Yeah, so I'm somewhat familiar. Cool. Okay. When you think of Ed Gein, what what do you okay, I guess like what do you know or what's your assumptions or perceptions of him? Um, I honestly know very little just because it's very small bits and pieces. It's just like when you said the name, like obviously I'm familiar with the name and that's basically as far as it goes because I mean <laughs> Good. That's gonna make this episode so much more fun. I'm really happy. Um so for you guys, we decided to do um, kind of like a, I mean, obviously she doesn't know what the hell I'm, I'm covering. So it's going to be more of like a reaction base. I'm super, super excited for it. And because you don't really know much about him, I'm really happy because Ed Gein was actually supposed to be Sunday's episode. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I want to do, I want to do something to send you on a roller coaster. <laughs> so. Oh, yay. I love roller yeah. coasters, though. So. All right. So he's also known as the Butcher of Plainfield. Um, all right. So we're going to jump right into it. So some things about Ed Gein is he is a Virgo. Obviously, we're in Virgo season. And he's the year of the fire horse. And I'm like, what is the year of the fire horse uh, for the Chinese Zodiac fans out there? So I have some uh, not so fun facts in, at the end. So we're going to talk about the fire horse at the end of the show. Okay. Um, Ed is the youngest of two children, and he murdered two women and grave robbed eight grave robbed eight others over the course of a decade. So he went a whole decade just doing what he did, and he didn't get caught. Nice. Um, his method of killing is, I mean, he shot he shot these women. And the interesting thing about Ed Bean is there's this controversy of like, uh, and we're gonna get into it. I, I mean, you know, monkey brain. I I jump around a lot, but. He, uh, 
there's this controversy back and forth, like, is he a serial killer? Is he not a serial killer? Um, so it'd be interesting to hear your opinion on what you think. So, so Ed Gein was born on August 27th, 1906. So we're going back a ways. And um, he had a very rough childhood. He had, his parents had a very tumultuous relationship. Like dad was a hardcore alcoholic. Um, mom, crazy religious. So we have a great bomb, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and she was very just like overbearing. And like some of the sources that I, I listened to, they said that she, they don't know how they ended up getting married because like she really hated the drinking and that's what he did. But I think it's because they said he was such a pushover for her that she enjoyed like berating him and everything like that. And when he got belligerently drunk, that was when he felt he could fight her back and literally just started to beat her. So that's kind of how, yeah, she fought okay. with words and he fought with fists and they did it in front of the kids. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to make it better, uh, after these fights would happen, she would also in front of her children and sometimes just in front of her, her two sons, right? So he had an older brother named Henry and she would get on her hands and knees. She would start praying to God for her husband's death. <laughs> that just emits so much love in that household, I'm sure. <laughs> These poor kids. Yes. And so not only um, that was going on between their parents, they also lived on a farm and it was really isolated from the town. And his mom made sure, their mom really made sure that People didn't come over to the house because she would raise her sons to believe that um, all women, except for her, are like harlots of the devil, right? They are sent here to seduce men and all this fun stuff. And that um, they don't want to end up like a loser like their father. So she was very controlling. Right when they would come home from school, she would like read them bible verses like sit them down and just like start reading them bible verses from i think it was like what is the what's the really bad one what's all at the end of the world <laughs> we're the worst when it comes to anything religious okay <laughs> yeah. it's like the blind leading the blind here okay when it comes to yeah. religion someone's like, gonna be like i can't believe you don't know it it's not what is it you probably obviously know more than I do, which my mom is probably literally just going to like curl up into a little ball and cry. Yeah. Someone's just like screaming into the phone right now. Like, um, my mom's going to be like, honey, we need to have a talk here. Like, yeah. When is that also called the rap? Why can I remember the Raptor, but I can't remember the name of. What is it? I don't know. I can't. Google's not helping me. Oh, well. So that part. So she was reading like the really horrific things. Nothing nice. Um, and then to top it all off. So his older brother, Henry, as he started to get older, he would push back like on their mom and everything. And they would start to have like these big blow arguments. And like they would, you know, he didn't want to be there. He wanted to eventually move out. He wanted to live his life. And Ed was like glued to his mom. Like no matter how much she berated them, no matter how much she shamed them, no matter anything like that, like he was everything or she was everything to him. He was everything to her, that kind of whole thing. 
And um, she had drilled into him. She's like, okay, if you, she told him that in order for him to stay loyal to her, he had to stay a virgin for the rest of his life. Ew. <laughs> I know, right? So there's that uh, one for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so one day he um, decided to be rebellious and he was like, oh, I'm going to break the rules. So his parents had this big farm and they had this shed where his mom and his dad would like slaughter the animals and everything like that. And he decided he was going to leave the house and he was going to go see what they did in the shed. And he witnessed his mom, you know, and his dad, but he hyper fixated on his mom, like gutting like a pig and all that kind of stuff. And he said that was the first time, like he felt really uncomfortable because that was the first time he had like an orgasm. So not oh, only- That's wrong. That's so wrong. So he is now not only associating like mutilation with sexual gratification and he's now seeing his mom doing it. So there's all of this, right? Like there's this lovely little- Oh. Clusterfuck going on. Oh, uh, so wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he didn't get caught, but he did get caught in the bath. I guess like his mom caught him like while he was taking a bath, like masturbating. And some sources say she grabbed his junk, like grabbed his dick and was like, um, you know, male genitalia or whatever is like something of the devil, like telling him that basically it's all sin. Another source said that she dumped hot water on him. It's Goldie hot water. I can't, I can't tell you which is better, honestly, or what scenario would be less horrible. What if she did both? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> like yanked it and be like, here, I'm going to pour this on it. The devil. <laughs> but was it boiling holy water though? That's the question. I don't think so. Cause you know. Can you boil like holy water? And like, no, thinking like that, but that's a question, you know? Is it still holy water then? That's what I'm wondering. Wouldn't that be counterproductive? I don't know. I don't know. And like I said, obviously no offense to anybody who is religious because, you know, I, long story short, we both come from religious-ish families, especially mine, I should say. But I, my family is a new religious, new religious. So we didn't, we weren't overly religious when I was growing up. So I'm still kind of very lost, clearly. <laughs> I mean... Revelation. I think that was the section. Aha. Aha. <laughs> Someone told me that. Revelations. I think that's what it was. Um, so this is what his life is like. Oh, oh. And um, he was always like a good student. Like his peers and his teachers, like he's weird. Like he would, I mean, I don't know. Like this he like would laugh to himself. And he just said he was like laughing at the jokes in his head. And I was like, okay. I'm hilarious and I laugh at my own jokes. So it's not my fault you're not funny. Like, if you're not funny, just say that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't, maybe, but they said he was like a little weird. He's awkward, but like, can you, can you blame him? Like, he doesn't have any friends. He only has his brother who he's at odds with because he's going to side with his mom over his brother. Like, and if his mom found out, that him or his brother had friends, she would punish them for having friends because she told them that, you know, they're all sinful and they're all like, they don't need to be tainted by these sinful people. 
Yeah. So what do you expect to happen, right? Yeah, that's awful. It's just like a, a, a whole pot full of just awful things, you know, like you can't even just, you know, blame it being like overly really religious at all. Cause we know people that are obviously like that and they're completely normal functioning human beings. But I think a huge thing of it is like the social isolation and playing into that. And then there's the constant negativity. Like if you're using religion and social isolation, that's causing like a negative effect on people. That's not okay. Like clearly that's where I feel like a lot of these cases are. It's like just constant negative and being told things are sinful or, you know, that it's just wrong, 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 wrong. You know, it's going to create these habits where it's like, that's what they're going to crave now or something. I don't know. That's my mm-hmm. thought. I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't, I mean, I agree with his brother, Henry. I don't really see Ed's perspective. I mean, when I think of it, I just think of like, when him as, as a younger boy, I just think of like Norman Bates <laughs> and especially like um, the Bates Motel, like, First of all, that show's phenomenal. Second of all, it does a really good job of kind of showing him as he's changing over time, you know, versus like Psycho, where it's him already as an adult and like everything's, I mean, spoiler is Mom's are dead. So, I mean, Psycho came out fucking long ass time ago. So if you haven't seen it, it's your mom. But, um, so it's just, it's just interesting to me. So not long after that, um, I mean, by the time Ed was in eighth grade, he dropped out of school to help on the family farm, which, I mean, in the 1900s, it's not uncommon that kids would do that once they're old enough. And so they would do. And then not long after that, his dad dies. So, I mean, she got what she wanted, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah. I don't really remember how he died. I think it was a combination of like, alcoholism and maybe like heart failure i don't really remember but that sounds about right yeah sounds about right so his dad dies or their dad dies and leaves them to run the farm with their mom right they're doing all of this and i mean the the brothers are still there into their 40s like into their early 40s they're still living on this farm they're still dealing with their mom and at this point, she's already had like a stroke and now she's kind of bedridden and she's, you know, being taken care of by Ed. And one day, like his brother says, hey, like, I want to marry this woman. Like, I'm going to be moving soon. Like, I want to live my life. Like, I don't want to I don't want to stay here. And it said that Henry would taunt Ed sometimes and he would be like he would start talking bad about their mom in front of him because he was worried about his brother. He was like, hey, I, he was uncomfortable with how clingy they were to each other. And he would purposefully taunt him. I think like in hopes of like that, you know, that tough older brother love or older sibling love of like, you bully them a little bit to try to get them to see the light. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 100%. I get it. <laughs> So I think that's what Henry was trying to do, but Ed couldn't be, you know, swayed one way or another. He was like, he would get mad at him and he would just be like, I don't understand like what's going on or like disappointed. And then this is kind of where the first little bit of like controversy comes in, right? So Henry's like, I'm going to be leaving soon. I'm going to go marry this woman. Now at this point, their mom is ill and dying and their dad is dead. And now it's just him and his brother. And he's like, okay, now my brother is going to leave me too. And one day they were, um, 
like burning some, I don't know, burning some whatever to prepare for the next crop season or something. So I guess they were just like burning whatever they burn. And the fire got out of hand and the, um, the barn or the shed or something caught on fire. Excuse me. And uh, just started to burn um, incredibly. They had to call out the fire department and the police. And when they get there, he's like, I can't find my brother. My brother is missing. And, you know, he had told them, like, I tried to get him to not start the fire. I tried to get him to get away from it. And he wouldn't listen to me. And now he's missing. But the weird thing is, is when they're like, okay, well, the fire has been put out or whatever. We need to go find him. He, like, leads them right to his body. Ironically, right? (laughs) Yeah. And that's what the cops are like. They're like, how... Like, how did you, I mean, he was dead when they found him and they're like, how did you like know where his body was? And he was just like, um, it's weird how things work or something like that. Like, it's weird how things happen or whatever. And they're like, okay. And his, ultimately his death was ruled an accident, um, by asphyxiation. But I guess a few years later it came out that, or at least in the coroner's notes or something that there was trauma to his head and there are people that speculate like did he kill his brother did he not kill his brother like there are people that speculate his brother was his first victim because you know he made him so angry about all the stuff he said about their mom and he was going to leave him like their father left him and like all that kind of stuff so that's I mean he's never confessed or convicted of his brother's death um but it's just interesting that it's ultimately ruled an accident by asphyxiation, but they're, they question the, the blunt force trauma to his head. What year did this happen? Shoot. Um, if they were in their forties, this point, it was probably around like, like 19, like the 1940s, like the mid 1940s. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go through the rest of the story and then you can kind of tell me your thoughts. I mean, I personally, I don't think he killed his brother and I kind of, I'll tell you why later, but I just, I just don't think he killed his brother. Um, anyway, so the barn burned down, Henry dies, and then now it's just Ed and his mom. And not too much longer after that, their, their mom dies. So now Ed is all by himself and he's completely like unconsolable his mom's dead like that's honestly who he really cared about right and he didn't know what to do um so he ended up kind of boarding up the house and almost making it like a museum so he takes their house and he any room that she primarily was in he boarded it up and closed it off and he inhabited the rest of the house that she wasn't normally in. Ooh. Yeah. And he wasn't notoriously known for being clean. So all of these rooms, like when they eventually like investigate his house, they're like pristine and like clean and in great condition. And every else he left is like a hoarder's pigsty of like garbage and just collections of shit. And it's just like, it's because he wanted to preserve like her memory and he was like bored of their house. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. 
Um, so now he's living on this farm alone and he's kind of doing his own thing and he's still working as like a, like a farmhand. And he also did like, I guess, um, what would you say? Like handyman jobs on the side. Like everyone in town was like, he's, he could be a carpenter. Like he would help like fix windows and roofs. And like, he was really handy around town, even if he was a little weird and like socially awkward. Um, but then one day he gets some kind of stipend or he gets something from the government and he like farms something and he doesn't need to work anymore. So he stops working as a farmer and to occupy his free time, he starts um, browsing the obituaries of the paper and looking, yeah, he starts perusing through the obituaries, looking for women who recently passed who resembled his mother oh my god <laughs> i don't know if i brought enough wine for this you may need to get another bottle it's okay <laughs> so he picks up grave robbing it's not just the graves in plainville it's um plainfield plainville i just can't get over the name it sounds so I'm sorry to anyone who lives in Plainfield, but that just sounds like a, a name in like a book. They live in Plainfield and they go to the general store and they go yes. to school. You know what I mean? There's no names for anything. It's just descriptions of the building. Um, <laughs> so not only is he grave robbing the graves in Plainfield, but he's also going to like neighboring cemeteries and he's taking these bodies and the interesting thing is when he would take these bodies and he did what he needed to do, he would then put them back. Like he would take them back and he would like rebury them. Not all of them, but most of them. Wait, what is he doing? You got to tell me this now. Like what is, why? What is he grave <laughs> What for? Like, right. What for? Well, we're going to get there in a minute. Um, so he's grave robbing and he's bringing these bodies back. And he said like in one of his interviews, he contemplated digging up his mom's grave because he just couldn't like let it go. But then he felt like he would be disgracing her in some way. Like if he did it, he just couldn't muster up the courage to do it. And so he never did it, which I kind of find ironic. Um, but then he realizes that what he needs to do he can't, he doesn't want to just do with dead bodies. So what he's doing is he's digging up these bodies. He's bringing them back to his shed and he's dissecting them and he's making pieces of furniture out of these women. And I'm not going to tell you what these things are because they have a whole list of what they found in the house. So this is your trigger warning. It's going to to anyone listening is like, there's going to be some weird things named, but uh, I have the whole list of everything they found in this house. So I'm going to read it off to you. Yeah. So. Now, now I kind of feel like I know where I'm hearing his name from, like the story, <laughs> I like making more sense. Cause obviously like that's a very uniquely disturbing thing to do. Lotion <laughs> on the skin, nor it gets the hose again. <laughs> very Buffalo Bell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so as you can see, kind of where Buffalo Bill's inspiration. It's fun, super embarrassing, but I remember being younger. Like I watched Silence of the Lambs like when I was, you know, a preteen, like I was so young. And I was like, 
who is Buffalo Bill? I thought he was a real person. And so I went and I was like Googling him and I couldn't find him. And I was like, wait, does he not exist? <laughs> he was like, what the, I felt so stupid. But you know, that was back before I realized that a inspiration could come from all facets. And I was like, what? I, was, I don't know. Mm. It's a sick, twisted thing. I was like, I wanted him to almost be real. And he kind of was, uh, but not in the same aspect. So he's creating things out of these body parts. And he realizes the main thing that he wants is he, he wanted to be a woman. And he, he said in an interview, he felt like, you know, his mother should have just made him a woman. She should have just had a girl instead because he hated being a boy. And um, he wanted to make a suit to make himself a woman. He wanted to have like a flesh suit to make himself into a woman because he is his way of thinking about it was, oh, because he wanted to almost, he wanted to become his mother and he wanted to be in her skin, as he said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to be his mother. He's obsessed with his mother. He wants, he's digging up bodies that look like his mother and creating like basically human taxidermy, if you think about it. And realistically, he's only guilty of grave robbing. Like that's the only crime he's committed at this point. Uh, at this point. <laughs> at this point, yes. So, I mean, as I said before, he did kill two women. So that's what we're going to dive into. So Mary Hogan, um, she was the owner of Mary's Tavern and she had the nickname Bloody Mary, go her, um, because she was just like this, foul mouth just like this is my fucking bar like i'm gonna fucking rage and i was like i mean that owns a tavern you got it like i feel like that's <laughs> it's inevitable <laughs> yeah i i know um i know that she's i know they're in the states but i just like to believe when i see mary i think of you know just this scottish woman that's who i want to believe mary is this tavern owning scottish woman who would just like beat the fuck out of anyone who crosses her and i'm like living for it you know yeah. <laughs> i was secretly super terrified of her <laughs> yes and fortunately that's not the case so he decides to hang back one night at her tavern like waiting for her to close up and when she's going to like lock the doors and clean up and everything he pulls out um, a 22 caliber or whatever gun and he shoots her in the back of the head and then he takes her body to his shed um where he dismembers her and takes you know he basically hooks her like a pig he he takes back from what he saw and he hangs them on the hooks in the shed and he guts them and um i don't know all what he did to mary i know what he did to his next victim, um, Bernice, I think what's her name? Yeah, Bernice. But I'm gonna assume he did the same thing to her that he did to Bernice, which is basically gut them down the middle, decapitate them, take what he needs to take and like do what he needs to do. Um, and so Mary goes missing and no one knows where she is. And someone made a joke, uh, cause like Mary was like a pretty, a pretty woman or whatever, but she wasn't married, she had this tavern. And I guess like one of the people he worked with, like now in hindsight is kind of like a scary, I guess, omission. But he's like, oh, you know, if you had spent more time 
courting Mary, she would be making you dinner instead of being missing. And he said, uh, she's not missing. She's down at the house right now. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so they all just thought it was like a, a dark way of dealing with her missing. You know what I mean? Like they just thought it was like his weird way of joking. Um, and so no one really looked into it. And she went missing and she stayed missing for a while. And then came Bernice. So Bernice's murder was really the one that, what did I say, like, got him caught, really. So Bernice, um, her and her husband, like, owned a hardware store in town. And her son was, I mean, he ended up taking over the hardware store from his mom, but he was a former deputy sheriff. And he decided one day he was going to come in, check on his mom. Like the store had just opened and he was like, all right, I'm going to go check on her, see how she's doing, say hello. He gets there and she's not there. He's like, this is really weird. He gets there. She's not there. The back door is wide open and he finds like blood on the, like some blood by the, by, by the register where he also finds a receipt um, for antifreeze and Ed's name on it. So he's like, Something seems weird. And so he goes to the authorities and he's like, yo, my mom is missing. And, you know, I think you need to look at this dude. Ed, you know, he he had called the night before to say he was going to show up that morning to pick up some antifreeze. And the receipts proved that he did come in and everything like that. And he's like, he was probably the last person that saw my mom alive. So we're now in 1957, just to time jump us ahead a little bit. And the police are like, okay. So we're going to go check it out. They go to the store. They see the receipts. Like, all right, let's go find Ed. So they go to his house. He's not home. And they leave because since there's no one there and they can't really see anything, they leave. They go back to their um, office or whatever. And they're like, all right, we're going to make a report. They make their report, whatever. And then one of them um, decides to go out to, oh my God, it's like, like a grocery store or something. And Ed was at dinner when the deputies came to his house. He was actually at a friend's house having dinner, like hanging out with the family, playing with the kids, which I did mention he also used to babysit for people in town. And I can see how that would make people feel uncomfortable. But hear me out. He targeted women that looked like his mother. He wasn't targeting children. So I think your children were probably safe. <laughs> in oh, terms of, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Your children. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily put my children in the hands of, you know, a human skinner, but that's all I'm saying is the children well, are probably that, safe. Oh, male that's unmarried and doesn't have kids of his own, like red flags, I think for me, you know, just, just in being, and I'm not a parent, but as if I were a parent, I don't know. I don't know how somebody would be comfortable with that, I should say. I mean, I guess society nowadays and all the horrible things that we know, obviously. So maybe it was different back then. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the fifties, you know, there, yeah. I mean, there was some crime, but like in a small town, like, you know, Plainfield, I don't think there was a lot of anything for anyone to be worried about. And like the only people that were missing were these, this woman at this point, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so he's having dinner at a friend's house and the mom, I can't remember her name, was like Isabel or something. She had to go to work. And so um, 
she goes to work at the store and one of the cops like comes in and he's like chatting with her like hey like how's it going blah 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 ed and her husband or her brother or something are in they're getting ready to leave they're at the car at their house and they're waiting for the car to warm up because it's november it's cold it's snowy and he starts asking her like do you know a guy named ed Keen? like whatever whatever and she's like yeah um he was actually just like having dinner with us. And he's like, oh, where is he now? And she's like, literally in our driveway in his car. In his car. So they're like, okay, great. And so they go and they go over to Ed Gein and they look in the car and like, all right, hey, hi, like we need to talk to you. And he's like, okay. And so they get him into the back of their car and he starts asking him questions like, do you know um, Bernice and like all this kind of stuff? Like, where, like why are you buying antifreeze and everything like that? And so he tells him his whole story and he's like, okay, can you repeat that back to me? Which is like classic cop move, right? So he tells him the story all over again. He's like, okay, well, you're not, you didn't mention this in the last time. Like your story is not consistent here. And then all he just starts saying is I was framed. Some like I was framed. Somebody framed me. He's like, framed you for what? And he's like, for Bernice's murder. And he's like, Bernice's murder. He's like, how do you know she was murdered? And he's like, well, I heard them talking about it. And he's like, who talked, who was talking about it? And he's like, well, it's like people talking about like basically her being missing, you know? And he's like, okay, we're going to need to take you to like the fucking station. And the thing at this time is, so Ed has no social skills, right? Like there's probably some underlying schizophrenia going on, you know, like there's some mental health going on with him if you haven't picked up on that. But he and like, the Miranda rights law like didn't go into effect yet. So there was no such thing as like Miranda rights back then. So they just like take him in mm-hmm. and they're trying to talk to him. And um, I think at some point he does end up confessing to like Bernice's murder. Um, and that's when they like go to like search his house. So but he tells the police, he was like, I remember going to her store to pick up antifreeze. And I was, I loaded um, like 22 short shells like into this gun and I accidentally shot her. And they're like, okay. And then he's like, I don't remember anything after shooting her. And so they go to his house and they're like, all right, so she's gotta be there, right? She's gotta be there dead or alive somehow. So they go to his house, whatever. And they search his house and this is what they find um whole human bones and fragments of bones a wastebasket made of human hair so he can do tapestry <laughs> human skin covering several chair seats so he made seats cushion seats out of human skin um he skulls on his bedposts female skulls some with the tops sawed off because he turned them into bowls so you ever see those that's kind of ed gein inspired um like i said bulls made from human skulls um a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist so he was starting to make his suit and so he makes this corset titties and all and it's meant for him to wear right they found leggings made from human leg skin they found masks made from the skin of female heads. So people had claimed, like there was like 
this thing going on and he had shrunken heads and he had told people it was from like the Philippines, but it actually ended up being this like women's faces that he had basically dehydrated and they were just like shrunken face masks that he would wear and things like that. Um, they found Mary Hogan. They did find Mary. Uh, they found her face mask in a paper bag. So Mary is no longer missing. She's now certified dead, right? Um, they found her skull in a box. They found Bernice and Bernice uh, Warden's entire head was in a burlap sack. So decapitated. They also found her heart in a plastic bag in front of uh, Gein's potbelly stove. So they weren't really sure what he was going to do with it, but that's where they found her heart. Um, they found nine vulva in the shoebox. <laughs> I'm not done. Um, and the interesting thing about the vulva um, is he did say, too, that he would put on underwear or like ladies underwear and then he would put like a woman's lady bits over his own to experience it i don't even know what to say to that <laughs> uh they also found a young girl's dress and the vulvas of 20 females judged to have been about 15 years old don't know i, I honestly don't know how you know that um there, I mean, some of the sources that I listened to, like they found some of these pieces, like the vulvas and stuff with like salt on them again, like to petrify them and like mummify them basically, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that I how to do all this is just, I'm like, mind blown. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't like, what, what do you like? You don't have Google back then. Like, how did you just, I mean, I guess because he was on a farm, you know, I mean, they probably did some sort of similar ish things to like hides pigs or whatever but yeah mm -hmm. so there's i mean that's their judgments on like they that's why they also say like he probably they think that he maybe had like killed other people before that but it's also like he could have just dug these bodies up you know what i mean um they, this is kind of like an infamous thing that he's he's known for, but they found a belt made from female human nipples. They found <laughs> a belt at all. You can literally Google it, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting belt to say the least. That's a lot of nipples. I feel like <laughs> it is a lot of nipples. The nipple belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think he put his favorite nipples like by the butthole so he can see them? Right, like like the, the visual, the ones that you visually see the most are the ones in the front. You know, those are the best, the, the premium nipples. The premium nipples, uh-huh. Description <laughs> package, those ones, you know. <laughs> um, they found four noses. So he just like hopped off the noses. They found a pair of lips um, on a window shade drawstring. So it's like a little piece of decor. <laughs> <laughs> Hush now, it's nighttime, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they found a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Which would terrify me in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. imagine 
you just made that lampshade, right? Like you just, it's your masterpiece. So maybe not in him. Okay. Imagine you just got this lamp and you just pluck it and you don't know what it looks like. Cause I don't know. And then you turn it on in the middle of the night and you scare the shit out of yourself. Cause it's like a fucking face. Just like, I don't know. Just like oh, at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like I get scared when I leave my vacuum standing somewhere and I like I'm going down to get water in the middle of the night. I scare myself with that. So I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I got this one. Yeah. When I got this tattoo and definitely this tattoo, um, because you don't look at your back of your shoulders a lot. If I was like in the mirror doing something, I, I've scared the shit out of myself a couple of times when I first got the was I was yeah. like, Fuck. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would freak out. It was great. Totally great. And last but not least, um, they found fingernails from female fingers. So I don't know if that's like just the clippings or the whole nail, but they found the nails. I mean, everything they found the nails is the least suspect, you know? <clears throat> so now he's committed some crime things he's got to go to jail for, right? So he's arrested. On November 21st, 1957. And um, they check everything out. I have to scroll down on my notes here. Ray and his house. They found everything. Yeah. So he told him he claimed he shot, you know, Bernie's warden by accident. And he also said that um, he's, he's, he shies away from blood. Like, even when he was a kid, he would faint at the sight of blood. So he kind of ran with that defensive, like, I don't remember anything after shooting her. I don't remember taking her to the shed. I don't remember dismembering her body and like hanging her like a pig and cutting her from the vagina to her neck. Like I don't remember any of that. That's what he said. That and real quick. Okay. Mark the time. Shannon leaves to go pee. <laughs> Got it. Push back. Ugh. It's also trying to do all this on my my big comfy couch. Mm-hmm. My big reading couch. Okay. So he's been arrested. And so just remember, he was arrested in 1957. He doesn't have any attorney present when he's telling them all this kind of stuff. And honestly, I don't really think it would have mattered <laughs> based on the evidence that they found. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is he actually is only charged with one murder. Like he's only charged with Bernice's murder because um, the sheriff at the time said that they wanted to save the county money. And so they didn't want to waste it on like the pursuit of a continued investigation to see like, how many other people there might have been or like what actually happened. So they're like, we'll charge him with the one because he's basically already confessed to it. Um, which I'm like, okay, but you found Mary. You know what I mean? Like you found her. I know. It's like, why not? I don't know. Think about like her loved ones or anything like that. And at least being justice, you know, like I gotta think about that. Like, I know I've never personally had anybody I know that's been murdered or whatever, but you, you always talk, you hear about like the family members talking about, well, we just wanted justice. That's also like, you don't mm -hmm. want to 
give them justice, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Politics. We love that. And also, like, you have to remember, like, at the time, like, no one knew what a serial killer was. Technically, he's not by today's standards, by what he was uh, convicted of and admitted to. But, like, they didn't know what to deal with it. So they just were like, all right, we're just, we're going to get him on the one. and At least he'll be in jail. I mean, so, all pieces of things, I guess I could see where it could be a little overwhelming trying to figure out who belongs to what, what, you know, like DNA, like that wasn't a thing I know back then. So, mm -hmm. Mm. yeah so he would be found um, not fit to stand trial because he pled like he was insane and they obviously were like yeah you're kind of fucking insane for what you did <laughs> so he would end up being he he's a doctor the doctor is like he's not fit to stand trial so he's not fit to stand trials so he ends up being sentenced to the central state like mental hospital um until he can be found sane or if he could be found sane to ever stand trial. And he stays there at Central State for 10 years. So from 1958 to 1968, he's there. And then one crisp January morning um, in 1968, his doctor actually sends a letter to, I guess, like the DA or whoever the fuck he sends the letter to. And he tells them that... Um, they feel that Ed is finally competent enough to stand trial. So he's hmm. now competent enough. Now at this point, they've talked to him and everything, and they're like, yeah, this, he might have schizophrenia. He might have a bunch of mental issues, but now he's okay enough to stand trial, which sends everyone into a frenzy because they're like, oh my God, like he's finally going to be tried, right? And the town is like freaking out, right? They're pissed, they're angry. They're like, we want to make sure that he gets like locked away. And they wanted him in like jail. They they were angry at the fact that they that he didn't get sentenced right away. He was put in a mental hospital. And then they were angry that um, they were worried at the trial that he would be either released or he would not be sent to jail. So the town was like up in arms, like ready to fight people. And so the trial begins in November of 1968. And they did a bifacted, bifacted, facted trial. I don't know. Can you tell I went to law school? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I shouldn't drink red drink. It's fine. So there's two phases to a, a bifacted trial. Do you know what, do you know what a bifacted trial is? No. Great, we're going to school you. So I didn't know either. So there's two phases to the bifactor trial. The phase one is he would go to trial. Now his his defense attorney was able to not have him be tried in front of peers. It was just going to be like a court thing. So it's just the judge handing down the ruling. So the trial, um, he's being charged with first-degree murder um, of Bernice Warden. Uh, and if he was found guilty, then there would be a phase two, which would judge whether or not he was sane at the time of the murder, or if he was not sane at the time of the murder. So they go to trial, and naturally, he pleads not guilty by plea of insanity. Um, and on November 14th, 19, uh, 1958, on 1968, he was found guilty of first-degree murder. 
And basically within rapid succession, phase two began. And basically all within one week, he's tried, he's found guilty of murder. They go into phase two and ultimately he is not found guilty by plea of insanity. So he's found guilty of first degree murder, but then he's found not guilty because he was not saying at the time of the murder due to doctor's testimonies. Cause I think, where's the doctor's name? There it is. Dr. William Crowley testified that Ed was still um, a schizophrenic and he would still need to be hospitalized. Like he's not just going to not be insane. So there's like a half justice, right? Like he's yeah. found guilty of her murder, but then he's found not guilty because he was insane when he killed her is what they said. And naturally, um, the people were pissed. They were like, he's not, he sounded not guilty. Are they going to release him now? Like what's going to happen? Everyone's like freaking out. And they're like, no, um, no, like he isn't going to be like set free to the public. So after the verdict was obviously the huge press conference, like everyone's like realm rushing everybody. And, uh, Ed actually goes and talks to the press and he tells them, um, he's looking forward to actually going back to central state. Um, and then he also, because he was also diagnosed as a psychopath, he went on to blame his actions, his crimes, um, on the town of Plainfield itself and just bad luck. Bad luck how? <laughs> not that his issues, not his mommy issues. Bad luck and the town itself. Okay, that's a whole nother like psychological issue there of not being able to acknowledge like fault in anything. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's not good. That's that's, that's not good. That but I yeah. Hmm. Yep. So um in nineteen seventy-eight, so he obviously goes back to Central State. That's where he stays for a while. And in nineteen seventy-eight, he's actually transferred to um Mendota. God, I was like, I can't read easy words. Uh, and he's transferred to Mendota Mental Health Institute at the age of 72 because Central State was being converted into a corrections facility. So he would end up staying there for the rest of his life. And Ed, Ed ultimately dies on July 26, 1984 of liver lizard, lizard and respiratory problems. <laughs> liver and respiratory problems. He ends up uh, dying in the hospital. He would be, he would go on to be um, buried in Plainfield next to his mother. Cute, right? Buried next to mommy dear. But due to his obvious infamy, right? Like uh, his headstone had bits like, taken off of it people take a souvenirs they'd go visit his grave and like chip off some of his um headstone to take as a souvenir and i'm like okay like that's one way to get memorabilia i guess because after after the trial and everything and um i think it was mary's husband he ended up filing a lawsuit against ed for basically just like trauma and like what he did and so they auctioned off everything in his house like we have to auction off the farm. We have to auction off everything because of they auctioned off the fucking all the all the the things that he made. <laughs> I don't think so because they say those were effectively removed, right? Because okay. 
Okay, good. They, that's even more deeply disturbed with just society in general more than I usually am. So I mean, okay, like what if hear me out, what if your relative's grave was was robbed and it was their face on the lampshade? Like, wouldn't you want the lamp? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can bear it. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but I mean, I guess I would buy it, but I don't know if I'd be able to like physically look at something like that. Like I I'm not gonna want to look at my aunt's face on a lampshade, you know, or something. <laughs> I will buy it for the simple purpose. I do not want to see it. Just bury it. <laughs> we love you, Aunt Kathy. We will quit your face. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> okay, but serious question. Would you rock the nipple belt? Oh God. I mean a fake nipple belt. Hell yeah. <laughs> they but, exist. I promise you. What's that? The fake nipple belts exist. I mean, I guess I would actually probably, just because it is me. I would find a way to like, I don't know, make a Halloween costume or something i don't know i would find a way but some of the nipples you have to be pierced okay because you oh, gotta yeah. have there gotta <laughs> have diversity represented yes yes all shades and styles yes yes we love the nipples <laughs> we love nipples everyone loves titties let's be honest everybody loves titties i don't care who you are gay straight or in between no one complains about boobs mm. yeah change my mind <laughs> so um not only was his grave like kind of chipped away at in 2000 someone actually stole his headstone the whole thing for well, people are so weird well get this okay so i told you they were but you guys are all fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> so like Okay, so I'm like, okay, they're auctioning off everything in this house. They say that stuff got removed. I don't know where because some of it is in a museum now, not all of it. Um, but his car got auctioned and the person who bought it put it in like a circus act or something. They put it like kind of like on display. And then the townspeople got really mad that they were like capitalizing on, you know, this man and the horrible things that he did. And so effectively the car got sold. No one knows what happened to the car. Um, somebody wanted, like, after everything got auctioned off, uh, somebody wanted to buy his property and turn it into, like, a museum and call it, like, his house of horrors. And I was like, sure, you get the talent work that one. And magically, before the sale of his house went through, the whole thing caught on fire and burned it down. That makes me feel slightly better. <laughs> I, I I think the world needed that little bit of cleansing right there. Yeah. It might have been a Molotov cocktail or two. Might have been a burn fire gone wrong. You know, that's one thing I'll kind of support right there is just, I don't think anybody really probably got too upset about that. <laughs> yeah. So the house is no longer there. Everything's been destroyed. His head didn't get stolen, but it was discovered and recovered. Somewhere in Seattle in 2001. Leave it to Seattle. Yeah, right. I mean, I was like, 
I could see Portland as well being another one that's harbor. I to say it, but <laughs> they literally say keep Portland weird. And if that means stealing a killer's headstone, like okay. I'm a little, I mean, maybe it's in poor taste, but I feel like for everything that he did and how DIY he was, like he who taught him how to sew? Like that's you know what I mean? Like his mom oh, didn't teach him how to sew. Sure. Mommy taught him how to sew. For sure. All I'm saying is they could have maybe like made his headstone in the shape of a head. Too soon? Would that have been too soon? <laughs> you know? Also, the fact that he was buried next to his mom. So like, where did his dad get buried? They were just like, mm, fuck him. <laughs> like, He's like, are they so all together? like, I don't know. I need to know these things. Like all of a sudden, like, you think mom and dad would be next to each other? No. Maybe he's on like the other side. Maybe it's like mom. Maybe it's like mom, Ed, Henry, and like dad. But they didn't even like dad. So maybe she's like, no, fuck his plot. I don't want. To <laughs> I don't know. I guess there's like any plots plots that I know where it's like I guess like husband wife next to each other. You know, like maybe in the nearest vicinity, like children or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. I didn't know where's dad at. No, where's poor dad? Where's dad? Oh, even I though mean, poor dad decided to be the living shit out of guest mom, so it's not really poor dad. But <laughs> I mean, she also was praying for his death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she also like probably verbally did very mean things to him too. So yeah, I mean, she did say that she regretted marrying him and that they shouldn't have gotten married because she was so crazy religious. She would not divorce him. <clears throat> because she was pure, Shannon, she wasn't a harlot. Yeah. Yeah. Them harlot, man. Okay. So some not so fun facts. Um the graves that he ended up the grave plots that he dug up in Plainfield um actually turned out, if you looked at them, form a circle around his mom's grave. So there's that little weird bit of but, info. Okay. Okay, but so that, okay, how does that make any sense though? So like he somehow managed to find not only like women's graves, but make it in a circle, but also find graves that were like fresh enough that he could like get pieces of skin and stuff off of like, that's just weird. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> I like to think that's a coincidence because yeah, he had a very specific type. He's like middle-aged a little overweight, brunette, and they need to be freshly dead. And they said that sometimes he would he had literally just at the fucking funeral home or something. The the cemetery, he had an inside person. He's like, we're gonna do this, like make it a circle. Like it has to be a circle. I need to everyone to know this is the one. Yeah. Right. Just around my mother, like all around. It has to be women that I can easily dig up and get lady bits off. Get lady bits off. Just bits of lady. You know? I want bits of ladies, lady bits. That's what I want. God. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's like a lot of extra, like, that's, I'm sorry. That's a little, like, bougie. Like, it's a little bougie. I mean, yeah. it saved, you know, maybe some women that were outside of the circle, it saved them from being, like, butchered up, I guess, you know, because they weren't in the circle. You're not in the circle. So there's one interesting, not so fun fact. 
Um, also, in 1953, a babysitter named Evelyn Hartley was, uh, or she had disappeared, and Gein was a suspect of her disappearance. Like, kind of after all this shit happened, they were like, it's possible that he killed her. Um, when he was questioned, he was beaten so severely by the sheriff um, that his confession to killing her was actually thrown out. Not surprising. But yeah, I mean, beaten into a confession and you're already mentally unstable. Like, yeah, no, that's not good. Also, like, what? So we don't really know what happened to all of his various items that he made, right? Like, they're just gone. Because mm-hmm. there's something like people probably stole them, people probably destroyed them. Like, some ended up in a museum, like, but some of them are gone forever and some are probably in someone's private collection. No pun intended. But like, my thing is like, you know, the the part of me that just wants the satisfaction of everything coming full circle is like knowing like whose lady bits they're all are, you know, like, can we start yeah. modern technology, figure out who's who? I mean, yeah, I guess now if, if, if they did it, I would assume the ones in the museums probably, maybe, but I mean, unless he also told them like, uh, belongs to Karen and HR like I don't you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah she had a ham sandwich that day and I said I <laughs> god I would have preferred roast beef but you know take what you can get <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you're not going to get the satisfaction of knowing what happened to all of his lady bits bits. Darn. <laughs> I mean, but think about it. If you happen to have one of those in your possession, like, you're not going to take it to those facilities like the fucking, what's that show in Bones? Oh, the, the Smithsonian or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to go to the Smithsonian and say, hey, can you tell me whose vulva this is? You know what I mean? Like, these are the le- the women that you can pick from. Tell me who it is. Because then they're going to be like, one, why do you have this? And two, we're going to complicate it. <laughs> also, you're pretty fucked up if you have that to begin with. I mean, I guess maybe. I'm what like, does. You know something. Maybe good. Inherited it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, here, I'm passing down my vulva to you. Coming my- of age. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're going to hell it's fine um so another way is the the band blind melon have you heard of them i think so maybe it's like alternative or something i don't know i, I just sound like a very alternative 90s band maybe that's why <laughs> maybe so the band blind melon created a song for edgeen called skinned fitting um and he was also an inspiration for the heavy metal band slayer with their dedication to game called dead skin mask got a ring to it yeah screams heavy metal (laughs) all right um and then I promised, and I'm going to deliver on our 
um, fire horse sign and what that means. So here's what I verbatim copied and pasted from this website that I found about. The free spirited horse and the Chinese zodiacs wanderer horse. The free spirited horse, that's the horse. In the Chinese zodiacs wanderer is the, yeah, I can read, um, is the Chinese zodiacs wanderer. Horses need their independence and freedom. They are packed with energy and constantly moving from one activity to another. Horses are good with money and of course have a passion for travel. Paradoxically, horses are horses desire love, which can lead them to feel ensnared. The rawness of their sex appeal is like a magnet and makes it easy for horses to find love. Horses are skilled in the art of seduction. However, their relationships are unpredictable because their behavior is so erratic and they may flee without notice. Blessed with a keen wit and powerful presence, horses love to show off to a crowd. Despite the strength of their being, horses feel inferior to those around them. Horses are not uh, the patient lot. They can be quite impulsive and more than a little insensitive to the feelings of others. These self-reliant beings follow their whims through life, which explains why their paths are often littered with unfinished relationships, jobs, and ventures. Conversely, horses motivate others easily and often do reach their goals. And the lucky numbers are 1, 3, 4, 8, 13, 14, 41, and 43. That doesn't sound like him to me, though. So <laughs> No, it doesn't at all. It, like, it sounds like, like an ironic opposite. <laughs> it, exactly. I'm like, I was trying to pick like bits of it, but no, but no. Yeah. So it makes me kind of laugh. So I'm like, he could have been all of this, but his mother said, you have to stay a virgin, which he claims that he did. So there was, um, people or claim or they suspect that he was cannibalistic and, um, necrophilic, but he said like, he never had sex with any of the bodies because they were, just, they just smelled too bad. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, standard. But, but he's like, going to wear their skin? Like, that doesn't smell bad at some point? Like, I mean. I mean, I guess if you kind of do the tax derby thing, you would clean it, right? Like. There's got to be some odor to it. I'm sure it reeked. <laughs> I'm sure it was nasty as fuck in there. Especially I mean, because he didn't clean it out. Face skins and stuff like that. I'm like, but he that's where he drew his line, I guess. They just smell bad. Yep. But he'll put the lady bits over his own bits, you know? Yes. So he got a virgin. Going with this was that, you know, my darkness was just like, that's probably what he's doing, you know? But I guess he had a line at some point. Mm -hmm. He he died a virgin. He claims he never ate anybody. He's the, I never ate any of their pieces. Um, and he said he never had sex with their dead bodies. And they even, I think they had asked him at one point, like, it's weird because they asked him at one point, also remembering he's like a psychopath. They asked him if he wanted to like have sex with his mom. Like, did you try to dig up her body and all that kind of stuff? And he was repulsed by that. He was like, oh my God, no, I have no feelings like that towards her. But then he says that his mom was his one true love. 
Yeah, I mean, you could have like a multitude of theories about that because I mean, it could just be just because the amount of times that he was told that that was so probably so sinful and you know X Y and Z and stuff like that. And then a part of me wonders, you know, like was it, it sounds like he was kind of like he was probably gay or something, and that Maybe. I don't know it per se, but like. You know, you got to think about back then, you know, like the gender identities and stuff like that was probably like a huge issue. Whereas, I mean, at least I really hope nowadays, you know, with everything that we've come through in society and stuff like that, that people aren't still struggling with this, you know, and being able to come out with their true identities and stuff like that were good God. I don't know. There's so many things that you can theorize with that. Yeah. I mean, one of the sources I used was um, Serial Killers, which is a phenomenal fucking podcast if you haven't listened to it 10 10 recommend i've fallen in love with it um and they talk about that a little bit and they pondered the idea like maybe he was um transsexual maybe because he had boys that he wanted to be a woman uh but then there's also like there are people who undergo like gender reassignment surgery but still identify like as a man or a woman but they don't look like it you know what i mean like yeah so no real idea of like what the hell that was about, but yeah. So that's what I got for you. That's Ed Gein, everybody. Um, thoughts? Do you think he killed his brother? I need to know everything you're feeling about this story. For one, deeply disturbed, but you know. <laughs> it you, it was a good story i i mean it's the fact that it's a real occurrence shocking but you know horrible things happen on a day-to-day -day basis in society that just it never ceases to amaze me do i think he killed his brother though i don't want to say yes okay why I'm so, I'm also the, like, how, how did he know exactly where he was, you know, for one, and then for two, because his brother probably taunted him so much and like, you know, was hard on him and stuff like that. Maybe he just snapped. Mm -hmm. Like maybe he just had enough finally, you know, and then just snapped where it's like, I know people look at like, oh, well, like characteristically, like he did this with his other victims and stuff like that. And this is like a different thing, you know, but. I, I think it was more if it was it was like an impulse kind of thing like an impulse killing like he was just so upset at the time maybe and all of a sudden he snapped and like with that head trauma you gotta wonder like I know a certain extent of like head trauma can happen with like like an accident or something like say like during the fire like his brother tripped hit his head whatever you know what I mean but that's where I think like I would need more detailed information I wish like if there was an autopsy that was a little bit more detailed that was like could it have been like an accidental head trauma or not you know I think that's like, was that, could it have been proven to be accidental or not? Cause yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure if there's a fire going around chaos, you know, you can easily like cause head trauma to yourself because you're just trying to get out. Or was it something that like, looks like a bat hit his head? Like, you know, that kind of head trauma. Cause then for sure he killed his brother. Mm -hmm. That's my, but I, I still think he did. Cause I think it was, he finally just got fed up with everything that his brother was telling him and even though it was like a tough love kind of thing, he just he was just too far gone to think that, you know, in his own mind. Yeah. Why do you think he didn't? I just, 
don't think that it, I mean, I honestly don't think it fit his MO and his mom wasn't dead yet. Like, I feel like he kind of snapped when his mom died and then everything started to change in his life. And I, yeah, I think he was pissed at his brother, but up until <clears throat> the death of his mom, he had shown no signs of violence that we're aware of. There was no like incidences. Like he was very just like timid and reserved. And I think that, you know, he loved his brother. There wasn't a whole lot of details on like their relationship because obviously his brother's dead. So there wasn't a whole lot there, but I don't know. I just kind of feel like I don't, I think he was just super weird that, I mean, I don't know how to explain how he knew exactly where his body was. The only thing that I could logically say to justify that would be like, he saw his brother run in a direction or something. And then when he found the police or the police were there looking, he took them to where he saw him go and maybe like a beam fell on his head and knocked him down. And that's how he got the trauma. And maybe that's how he burned alive. His response is a little weird. I think, again, that's maybe him. Like, he didn't really care that his brother died. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he cared that his brother died is really what I think. But I don't think that he killed his brother. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be either way. You get, you I will not pull out a Ouija board to find out. Please, no. <laughs> no, never. Never. Let's just no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is Edgeen. Oh, I probably should cite my sources. Um, so nobody sues me. Um, uh, okay. So the websites I use for Murderpedia, Wikipedia, History Daily, and List25.com. And I also listen, like I said, to serial killers and to Murder in America, both fabulous podcasts. They both do a wonderful job. Um Shannon, um, uh, I'm so happy that you're here and I want to ask and put you on the spot. Are we going to have you back? Yeah. See, yes. Okay. So everyone heard it. Everyone heard it. <laughs> well, I just want to go, go ahead and like put out there and say that I am very proud of you as a best friend because we've talked about this numerous times. And, you know, when I first told you, Hey, you got to listen to this podcast. And that's why we're doing because that was our original one, because it reminded me of our relationship in a sense that we both bonded over the very dark, weird stuff that we both enjoy. And that you took that leap of faith, though, and started your own podcast, even though I wasn't a part of it. I thought, wow, how proud am I to have this best friend of mine that decided to go with it, you know, and that I am lucky to say that I have you still to be like, let's do this. Let's still do this. I'm still, I may be 19 episodes in, but let's do this. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I'm all, I'm here for it. You know, I love the fact that despite where you are in this world, because let's be honest, Darcy could be anywhere in this world at any point of time. Just, <laughs> you know, she has a crazy lifestyle. Uh, I still get to at least tell myself I get to have maybe a little part of your time each week now that we get to relax and just kind of have our fun conversations that my husband would be mortified about. <laughs> so you're going to force him to watch this episode now, right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to force myself <laughs> to watch this because it's going to be cringy for me at first too, because I've always been that person, even at work, whenever I have to hear my own voice, I'm like, cringe. Cringe, but your boobs look great. 
I know. I mean, and of course, <laughs> nothing fell out, but your boobs look fantastic. Also, this, I will say this. Um, yeah, I was always cringe about my voice too. And then probably like after like the fifth episode of having to like listen to my own self talk, uh, I've grown to like the way that I sound. So I've grown accustomed <laughs> to my voice. So you will too. It will come yeah. in time. Yeah. Um, and I really do hope that the more I do this, like I hope people realize that in no way in sense or form do either of her or I ever try to offend anybody because we have some opinions I know that not everybody agrees with, but in all reality, we're just here having fun with the two friends that, you know, we have had crazy pasts before, so. Mm-hmm. Well, that is what the, we're in the slide board, baby. And all of you are crazy true crime junkies just like we are and at the end of the day it's like the ancient the most old human way of keeping things alive is telling stories and that's why there's a bajillion podcasts out there that tell the same stories but everyone tells it differently and everyone can relate to you know their host differently so I'm excited to see how our audience grows and how we interact with them and what we learn about uh, I'm very excited that I finally get to have you here and get to tell the world the fun stuff that is to come. So I think on our next episode, we'll get to say all the really fun stuff and what, what we really want to do. I want to save some anticipation for next week, but. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm, I think- I'm already like brainstorming all the ideas. People will understand that I really, I'm, I'm into a lot of, whereas you do a lot of the serial killers, the murder and whatnot. I'll, I'm, I do incorporate a lot of that, but I do really like the crazy, weird, dark history, like absurdity, a lot of things, you know, that I think I have a really good idea for a first maybe story that I might tell, you know, that I think you'll really enjoy Darcy for sure. <laughs> oh, of course I will. Um, and at some point, you know, within legal reasons, you're going to have to bless everyone, maybe in a bonus episode of your crazy work stories. Oh, I know. I have to, I really do have to, <laughs> to, to legally look into that a lot. Uh, but I thought what, what I was thinking about the other day that really got me going, I thought that was a really cute idea, was I know you've already started with the whole psych ward, which I love. Can I just be like the charge nurse of your psych ward? Oh my God, I never thought oh, of that. It. No. <laughs> you could be like, you can own it. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's probably of- better for people or- I don't run it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, how perfect is that? I'm like, I'm just, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So we have the psych ward. What's the name of the hospital? Can we do like a Grey's Anatomy thing? (laughs) (laughs) We have to think about this one. Because we already have like the psych ward. So can it be like the England hospital's psych ward, you know? We'll think of something. Okay. We'll we'll eventually get a Patreon and we'll do all the super fun behind the scenes stuff with you guys. But yes, we'll we'll make a poll or something with our with our we'll come up with different options for people. We should go to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh Reddit. <laughs> oh, the wonderful world of Reddit. Do we love it? I wonder how many more pages I can get blocked on because I ask a super question. I told you that. Right, I told you that's right. Uh, people just don't like. <laughs> I mean, it's. I guess I broke some kind of rule because I asked people a question first. I asked them for ghost stories, and I was like, "Oh, I want to put it on my podcast," and they like 
took it down and then they like put me on a ban. It was like a 30 day ban. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, didn't realize I read through the rules and I guess I missed that one. And so I had asked them to manually remove the ban because that's a request that you can do. And I got banned permanently because I did that. So our funny is I can still, here's the thing. I can't post or comment on our funny, but I can still like upload and see shit. So I'm like, I'm behind the glass. <laughs> so if any of you listening are an admin on our funny, let me back in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, before we sign off, before I do my standard, where can you find us? Where can people find you, Chanel? Oh my God. I'm not ready for this. That's fine. Hey, we'll, we'll be second episode of Shannon being a part of here. She will tell you where she can find you. You can find her. <laughs> Great. Was not fair. Um, you can find the show if you want to interact with us. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TAKTV Podcast. Check out our Facebook page. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Um, we want to stay in touch and do some fun things on there and chat with you at Take a Killer to Brunch. You can also go to our website, which is takeakiller2brunch.wordpress.com and keep up with us there, write a message, or you can send us an email at takbpodcast at gmail.com because I still haven't gotten an email since Michelle's and I really want another one. So please <laughs> send us an email. And also too, as you know, um, Liking, sharing, subscribing, or giving five stars where your podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast allows, is a really small gesture, but it really does help the show. And we really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. Um, I never got to say hi to like where everybody is from, but I did, I did want to make one little uh, shout out. Sorry. I mean, this is literally being recorded the day after the last episode. So actually, never mind. The stats. I'll set this part out. The stats can wait till next week. I do check the stats. But anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. It is wonderful talking to you. And we will chat with you next time. Oh, we didn't cheers. Oh, we can do cheers now. <laughs> <I love> cheers. <laughs> All right, let me stop this recording. <laughs> <laughs>